When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas, this is Speakernomics. The official podcast of the National Speakers Association. My name is Tom Singer, and I have the absolute honor to host this new show that NSA launched in 2021. And this is the podcast on how to become a better speaker and grow your business. And today we're going to talk about how to be a more effective master of ceremonies. And joining me today is the crew who has served as the hosts, the MCs, the wow, the driver, the whole thing of Influence 2021, Eliz Green, Ome Congo Dabinga, Patty Hendrickson, and Jeff Savillico. To get started, would each of you please give the audience one tip on how to be great as a master of ceremonies. Eliz? Emceeing is a marathon and you have to train for it. Omekongo? I think every MC should learn how to rap. Uh, okay, okay, but seriously, I think the most important thing is to not make yourself the story. Batty? As an MC, always find out the pot of gold that your guest has and drive the conversation so their best shines through. And Jeff? Position yourself to the planner as so crucial before, during, and after the event that they could not possibly think about doing the event next year without you. Wow, these are four fantastic tips, and we're gonna have some fun today. We're gonna have some fun in this episode unpacking those tips. But before we get started, everyone who has had the pleasure to be here at Caesars Palace live in the ballroom or watching this conference via the live stream, they all know Omicongo, Patty, and Jeff who have served on stage, but you may not know Eliz Green, who has been behind the scenes as part of the planning committee for Influence 2021. And Eliz, you came up with sort of a framework for the different roles, the different skill sets that it takes to be an MC, and each of these three are filling one of those roles, and you fill the other role as a producer. Could you describe sort of the four types of MCs? Absolutely. And one of the things that I have enjoyed so much about being on the Influence Committee is it has been a remarkable opportunity to rethink how conferences work. And, and as Lorna always said, we have rethought and replanned over and over again as we 
experienced these last two years and especially the last 15 months. But we decided that a team of MCs would really demonstrate these different roles. So Patty is our driver, and it's probably the most familiar role. She's there to make sure that we're pulling that thread of education throughout, that the theme is recognized, that all of that happens. Omikongo is here connecting attendees to one another, the virtual audience to the in-person audience, and us to that content. I'm not sure I actually have to ex explain what a WOW MC does. <laughs> wow. I take my role very seriously. Uh, so for those of you who might be listening on the Speakernomic podcast, uh, Jeff has come out in uh, dinosaur slippers. Uh, big, Patty's idea. Okay. Funny. Big pink dinosaur slippers. But delivering that entertainment. And I am backstage, as Tom said, as the producer MC. I have had the opportunity to really work with NSA like I would with a client developing the show flow, consulting on speakers, doing that sort of thing, and then have supported these three backstage. Now, to be fair, one person could do all of these roles. It would be exhausting, but you could. And as an MC, we all may do all of these roles, but there may be things that we are stronger in, and we focus on those, and we choose to do those more often. So, Jeff, let's start with you. Your tip was become a partner with the meeting planner. Let's unpack that a little bit. What do you mean by that? Sure, Tom. So I think so oftentimes the MC is thought of as an afterthought, right? It's like, ah, we got 100K for four speakers. Cool, what's your MC budget? Ah, you Dollar get to go to Orlando for like the 400th time and a swag bag. Right? $1.95, yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, if you think about the MCs on stage, a three-day conference, you're on stage like 24 hours, five days gone from home with travel, rehearsals. Uh, there's a lot of time, a lot of value to that. So I try to do everything uh, to fight against that mentality uh, of the planner side to be like, wow, Jeff was super helpful before, during, and after the conference. So before, that's being available, uh, being more of an event consultant, big time for virtual. That was like huge, right? Because nobody knew what they were doing. Um, and, and so they would come to me for help. Say, hey, you have a studio. How do we do this, right? So you're available for uh, consulting. You're helping them with scripting, run of show, uh, pre-show videos. I give like three teaser videos to every client, you know, like a, a announcement, a, what are you waiting for, buy your tickets, last chance. Uh, posting on social, I always post on LinkedIn, share all these things that I, might not be in the contract, but I, I've kind of fully embraced the role of, of promoting and helping to produce the event. On site, you don't want to be annoying, you got to ride the line, right, because the producer, it's their show, but you want to, to, them to know that you're there if they need that help, right? And sometimes they do, and they will tag you in. Uh, always be prepared to kind of have something to go, go off uh, if, when, when things go wrong, because they will, again, to kind of help save the day. Uh, and then do a debrief. I set that I'm going to have a debrief with the client before, so it's not like, oh, we got a debrief, like, what happened? It's like, no, no, even if the debrief is just, everything is great, like, this was, we'd love to have you back. That sets that ahead of time, that you're kind of a full cycle uh, service event provider. That's, that's how I try to do it. Anybody have anything to add to that? I love, I love the debrief idea. Yeah, the debrief idea is really good. And the one thing about being a master of ceremonies, because I do a lot of that work, is unlike a keynoter, they often want the MC back next year if you do a great job. So right. you can do two, three, four, and five years with one client. 
Yeah, and I have a lot of clients that will literally come to me and say, hey, you've seen everybody. We need somebody who does X, Y, Z. It's customer service. You know, we need somebody with entertainment. We need a humorist. And I always have my people that I recommend. Uh, so when you gain that trust with a client, you build that level of rapport, that, that's a big deal because they're literally asking you, help, help us create and, and shape this event. It's powerful. Nice. Patty, repeat your tip and tell everybody why that's so important. Uh, my tip is to whoever I'm going to be spotlighting that I know them as well as I can. My job is to make them shine, not me. As the MC, I am the, the, I am the lowest grade on um, the, the pay scale here. I don't mean money-wise, attention time-wise. Because, um, yeah. <laughs> but if I do that, and that person has a good experience with me, when they walk back to that meeting planner, they say, you know, Patty, she made me feel so comfortable. It was really nice. We had these great Zoom calls ahead of time. We had fun. I showed up and I knew what I should do. I'm doing my job if I do that. And if I can add just one thing. Absolutely. That is really important when you are working with speakers who are not professional speakers. If you can help prepare those industry people to do well on stage, uh, you are a hero to your client. Omakongo, your tip again, and let everybody know why it's so important. My tip was to make sure that you don't make it all about you. You know, some people get on stage and it's all about them. <coughs> Jeff. I was, um, I was like, sorry, you're sorry. calling me out, man. Uh, you're calling me out. It just slipped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just trying <laughs> practice that, but my fault, you know, I was... <laughs> Some things just come out, you know. Just, but a, a lot of times I've seen situations where people have looked at being a, an MC as an opportunity to promote themselves. So they look at ways to sneak in their website or their book or their social media. And when you look at it as an opportunity to do that, you are not focused on, on everything that, that Jeff was saying earlier about being about the client, right? And so how are you gonna engage in calls, you know, make the teaser videos and all of those types of things where you're just looking at ways to promote who you are. A journalist, number, rule number one, don't become the story. And so we have to make sure that what we're doing is a service to the organization and people are going to want to find you if you represent them well anyway. So I think that's extremely important. Don't look at it as a gig for self-promotion. Look at it as a way to help the organization. Awesome. Anybody want to add to that? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Eliz, your tip and why was it so important? Emceeing is a marathon and you have to train for it. And I have two pieces of that. The first is there is so much work to doing this job well that is never ever seen. The preparation, the production calls, all of the things that we do to make sure that we're ready, that then we get to the event and it is really nonstop, especially if you're not on a team. If it's all you, it is nonstop and it's exhausting. So you have to physically be ready to not sleep a lot and, and attend all the social events and all of those things in order to do that part of the job well. The other point to my tip is you can't just put MC on your LinkedIn profile. Ooh. That's real. Yeah. Sorry, that was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> These are skills that are developed. <laughs> and just like a speaker who goes in and claims to be a keynoter or whatever and isn't ready for that stage, 
sometimes spoils it for the people who are prepared. If you're going to MC, make sure that you are prepared for that stage. And there's lots of ways to do that. Just like when we're building our, our speaking business, find the Optimist Club or the Rotary or the, the charities in town and hone your skills. Toastmasters, there's lots of different ways to hone those skills so that when you do take the stage, you are ready and you are a credit to the professional speakers. I would, I would add to that the important, you just said it, that one word that I caught was, was research, mm. right? Study that organization is extremely important. You can't just hop on the plane and just show up and just rinse, repeat. That's not how it works. They can get anybody to do that. So you're saying really do that work to look in the organization. It's extremely important. I'll just say, I, I, I freaked out when you said that, because it's so true, especially if you're virtual. Everybody was like, and I MC. And I was like, oh, you do. Mm. Uh, because you know, everybody was hurting, and, and I get it, but it was kind of funny. It's like, oh, what, what do you MC? What have you hosted? And so, yes, I do think that's really important to kind of give it the respect it deserves. So one of the things that I've found in being an MC is that it is a surprise the first couple of times you do it, and you guys have all talked about how much work it is, like how many hours it is, and how long you are away from home. And I became started being an MC 10 years ago when I still had middle school age children. And when you land an MC gig, it's not like a keynote where you can fly in and do it with one night away from your family. Or if you live close, you could do it with no nights away from your family. It's five, sometimes six nights away, and that was really surprising for me when I got into that. What are some of the other things that have surprised each of you about the world of being a master of ceremonies? I'll jump in, sure. Uh, so things go wrong all the time at events, and not major things, right? The stage falls down, yada, yada, but we're talking, uh, hey, we need you think, oh, we're going to finish early. That's good, right? Actually, no, because they're prepping dinner in, in the foyer, and we actually can't leave here until 6 or whatever, right? Or the last speaker ran crazy early and, uh, or went long. And so I, I think it surprised me how adaptable mm -hmm. you needed to be. And so something that I do is I always have a couple things ready to go. Obviously, I'm an entertainer, so those are bits, routines, things I know that are easy that, that I can just pull up. But anyone can do that. I always tell people, go to gratitude. If you're like, what do I do on stage? Thank people, right? So let's say, you know, you got a, another minute or two to kill. Hey, let's thank everybody that went into setting up this beautiful ballroom, right? All the, the food servers, this amazing technical team, let them hear you, all these planners, right? You could literally just thank people. That's always a good thing to do, show some gratitude. Uh, so I think, I think that's one uh, as well, just to kind of throw it out there. I know just a, a, another example is Socio, right? We had said, this team said, hey, if we need to kill some time, just throw up the chat, right? Just throw it up there and I'll say, oh, hey, let's uh, take a look and we'll see what people are talking about. Like, we could go on that for five, 10 minutes to cover. So if you always have a couple things ready for when something goes wrong, you will not be caught off guard. You will make it just seem like part of the show, which is obviously the goal. I've been surprised on one thing, that meeting planners don't understand this MC role yet. You need to be a part of that show flow. You've, you've got to block that piece with them so they understand the other elements of who needs to be where. Multiple scheduling will make your life a living nightmare. And if a meeting planner knows what you need, you'll be so much more successful. And they'll think, oh, you thought of everything. Mm -hmm. I think that it's also important that we're coming and willing to do the work and, and work hard and be there for days, but you also have to be 
comfortable and confident in saying no in things that you may be asked to do that you're really not comfortable doing or you may not even know how to do. What if you represent a certain religion and they're asking you, can you say a prayer that represents a different faith and you have no idea what it is or you just simply have a different value idea than what you're being asked to do. You have to say that I can't do that. I'm not comfortable doing that. You know, we didn't discuss that. Because if you're going up there looking uncomfortable like that, number one, you're going to look bad, and then they're going to look bad. And obviously, talking about something relating to religion is the most, is the easiest example for us to understand. But they may ask you to do other things that they may ask you to move stuff, and you may have a, a, a physical condition that doesn't allow you to do that. And if you just say, oh, well, this is just part of the job, and then you end up hurting yourself. All of those things are possible. So you have to remember, you know, no is a complete sentence, right? And, and though we're there to work and do everything for them, that's my sister, Mwadi, she, you know, I had to give her props on that one. You can't jump out of the things that you are not comfortable doing because it's going to make you look bad and it's going to make them look bad as well. I think the thing that um, surprised me the most as we transferred last year from in-person events and hybrids. I mean, we've done hybrid for years. I was surprised at how much work a virtual conference to MC and especially to produce a virtual conference is an incredible amount of work. And oh, did I underprice it. <sighs> so Jeff brought up the point that a lot of people decided, hey, I'm now an MC because the virtual world came in and simultaneously a lot of meeting planners discovered, wow, an MC isn't just a nice to have, especially in the virtual world. It takes a lot of pressure off of our team if we have someone who's running the show on screen who has those specific skills. So since a lot of our peers have come in to become MCs, what are some other tips you would give people to, okay, you've made this leap here's how you can be really, really effective. So let's just kind of go down the line. Elis, I'll start with you. I think the way I measure success, in, especially in the production piece, but my favorite roles to play are the production and driver MC piece. If at the end of the conference, my meeting professional has been able to have a sandwich and <laughs> um, you know, maybe slept, that's a success because that, that means I have been doing my job. I have handled all those things that come up. It, you, you mentioned we're, we're 10 minutes ahead and we can't go to dinner yet. Y'all, that happened <laughs> last night. That was yesterday. In case you were wondering, the rap that Omakongo did yesterday, what, you had five minutes notice on that? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. It's like, yeah, right? Yeah, give it up. Nice applause for Omakongo. So, for, for us, fill in five minutes. We can do that. But our, our meeting professionals don't know that. They don't know that, yes, we can do that. Anytime we can save that stress, because stress, of course, is my thing. Uh, anytime we can save stress for our meeting professional partners, that's a win. 
I think one of the things that we should consider as we work to, to stand out, and you know, Jeff's talking about everyone's online saying they can do it, is that you know, none of us really just wake up and say we want to be an MC. We've had experience doing it somewhere, maybe in our, in our schools or in our community organizations. You want to start figuring out ways to capture yourself MCing so you can actually show it. And if you don't have the ability to do that, get testimonials from the people that you've emceed for. Again, something you may have did at, at the kids' prom, you were chaperone and you ran the events, graduation, commencements, whatever. Start getting those testimonials and put them up there so people can see that you are different from the people who are just saying, yeah, I'm an MC now. That can also help you start to distinguish yourself from other people out there. When the pandemic first hit, um, I reached out to clients and, and said, how can I help you? And they were struggling because they had big conferences coming up. So I was asked to produce, drive these events. And when I would do one association, my folks would reach out to other states. So what I did was I started capturing pieces. So they knew I had this judges panel that would come on and do this 45 minute piece of it. They kept asking for that. So I was building this show for them with people I knew. But this all happened because, oh, that was a good idea. We captured that. And I encouraged those state associations say, well, will you please tell your friends that this was good? That's how my business kept rocking during the pandemic. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I'll give a shout out to uh, Darren LaCroix, Stage Time. I mean, you got to do it. So if, if you have to do it, but on, on top of that, yeah, you have to do it, but then be better than what they were expecting. Because again, the bar, I think, is not, I'm not talking an NSA bar here, bar for other events, uh, MCing is pretty low. Because they're like, oh yeah, Johnny, he's, he's a hoot. Like, Johnny can MC, but they're not expecting Johnny to have a monologue and have like bits and routines and have things that he's planned with, you know, graphics and slides. It's like, whoa, you took that to an, another level. So you got to do it. And as Omikongo pointed out, there's a lot of opportunities opportunities to do it, schools, churches, everything, right? There's tons of free events, fundraisers, they all need MCs. And again, don't just show up and read the script, plan it, write bits for it, material, you don't have to juggle or whatever, you know, you can do humorous uh, slides, social media content, whatever, but put thought into it and be much better than they were expecting, I think is, is, uh, is a tip. Tom, do you mind if I throw one thing versus the, uh, can I throw one more thing? Of, of course you can, Jeff. Okay. Appreciate you. Those socks and these slippers. Together? <laughs> I'll trade your shoes. I'll wear the slippers the rest of the day. I don't want to wear your nasty socks, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Um, has some lovely striped, multicolored socks for those listening along at home. Oh, wait. It's a podcast. I thought we were doing a podcast, Jeff. That's right. Okay. All right. Um, I, I was going to say that. <laughs> so uh, we, we talk about, you know, just throwing on the MC role, right? Slash MC, whatever. So one thing that I've noticed is in the past, I used to have to convince buyers of the value of an MC, right? Those live events. Virtual events now, all I had to do was be the person they were looking for other than someone else. Because to your point, they were like, we can't do this. We need an MC, right? So that's a huge opportunity because I believe, I've already seen it with my calendar with fall and, and beyond, with live events and hybrid events. Now they're like, oh yeah, an MC. It, just like what Zoom did, it made it a thing. I think now there's going to be a really big opportunity for MCs that started with virtual because we were scared. We didn't, we didn't know how to do this. Can you help? Right. Yeah, it's been a real sea change. And one of the big things I've seen is other speakers 
telling the clients, oh, I know some great MCs. Exactly. Can I introduce them to you? I've seen that's been a really big help. Yeah. We have just a couple minutes left in this live show that's becoming an episode of Speakernomics. So really quick, I'm going to tell a quick story, and I want each of you to really fast. Biggest horror story when you've been an MC. For me, it was a large event with about 4,000 people. Keynote speaker had 45 minutes, and then there was another speaker following who was supposed to be backstage 15 minutes before they were mic'd up. The speaker went 14 minutes, not 45, finished, and said, thank you very much. As he exited, I grabbed him in the wings and said, will you come out for Q&A with me? And he said, my English isn't good enough, no, and he ran. <laughs> he ran from me. And I had to go out and fill 20 minutes as like a sudden keynoter. So that was my biggest like, whoa. Really quick, yours? Omokongo? My biggest thing was being at an event, and I'm a French speaker, but I am not skilled in being a French translator. And there was someone speaking at a conference, and this one I talk about, y'all say you gotta know when to say no, know when to say when, when to say when. They were like, we need someone to translate for this person. And they were like, well, he speaks French. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. And, you know, and, and she, you know, being a woman, there were, you know, gender things in terms of what was spoken and I, and I didn't know to just translate directly. So she would say like, as a woman, and I would say like, as a woman, but I'm a man, like stuff like that. <laughs> so I wasn't prepared. So that was a weird experience. You just, you just never know. But if I said no, I wouldn't have had that experience. So, so Patty or Liz, do you have one? We're short on time. So I'm just going to go to one of you. I think or Jeff, did you I have one if, if nobody else. Are you sure? Ahead, All right. In this very room, I was hosting a Sprint GM conference a couple years ago, and everybody was in colored t-shirts based on their region. So the president was hosting the meeting. The CEO flew in on his private jet. Must be nice. And literally went around and wrote people's names that were in the casino as he was coming up, who was they were supposed to be in the session. So. They were having a fireside chat, and then I was supposed to uh, kind of reintroduce the president to do her big talk. At the fireside chat, he concluded, he pretty much was like reaming Sprint for not being great, and was like, case in point, we're having this amazing conference, we fly you out here, and X number of you were gambling. And he fired on stage oh my like God. 12 <laughs> people. It was brutal, but also kind of savage. It was like, oh, no! Because like they were gambling, you know, they paid me. So anyway, after that, the meeting plan was like, like, do something! Right? And, and the uh, president was freaking out because she was supposed to give a whole talk. So anyway, I told them I was was going to go out and entertain. I came out and I was like, I need a volunteer, you know, I, I, but I did the best I could. And I did like a full comedy show after this right. horrible, horrible moment. And it was brutal. So for those of you who want to become an MC, please remember <laughs> Jeff Sabilico's story. You could have to fire, fill time after people are fired. So Eliz, Omakongo, Patty, and Jeff, thank you so much for being guests on Speakernomics Unplugged, live in the ballroom at Caesars Palace. And thank you to everybody who tuned in. Thank you to everybody who tuned in, either here in the ballroom, on the, on the live stream, or if you're listening to this on the podcast. Thank you so much. Be sure to subscribe to Speakernomics, the official podcast of the National Speakers Association. And always remember the motto of this show. Speak, get paid, repeat. All right.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.